Good morning, everyone. This is Kathy Mason from Mason Works Marketing here today on the solstice with um, my friend, David Strickle. Hi, David. How are you? I'm doing great, Kathy. Thank you I'm for having so me. I'm so glad. Yeah. That, well, th we were trying to do this before, but this must be in the stars since it's, uh, <laughs> it's since the vibrational aligned time. For me yeah. Here, Why not? Why not? Well, it's a perfect time for everyone as we're going through um, the end of the year and evaluating everything for the year to really start thinking about how to make our life so much better in 2024 um, for ourselves and our loved ones. And David is, he's um, basically, he has these gifts of being able to bring in what, what he calls the stream of David. So it's a channeling and, and you'll, you'll correct me. I hope if I do it, if I say this wrong, but he has a capacity to go really deep into inner wisdom. That's a consciousness that wants to help us on this earthly plane to trust our abundance. And that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about his new book. And anyway, but your mission is to share this with humanity and dedicate the rest of your human journey teaching this to others. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Indeed. So and David, no, no correction necessary. That was perfect. Thank you. Uh, well, well, what what I guess I want to know is how you started on this journey, because I started um, channeling or know, hearing things at eight years old and just sort of uh, used it to fill in the gaps of my reality, but I couldn't really tell anyone. When did you start um, hearing the stream of David? That's, that's and, a good point that you bring up they, uh, about it starting very young, because I believe we all enter human existence with this. I think everyone as a channel certainly it expresses differently as we progress through life. But I started, I, I can't even tell you when I started because it's, it goes back as far as I can possibly remember. And I say now that I, I believe that the reason that it is so clear for me is because I had very disconnected parents. My father left when I was six. Uh, after my father left, my mother really wasn't interested in being a parent. Uh, so I was sort of left to parent myself. I had a brother that was four years older than me that was sort of on his own journey. And so from age six on, I had uh, very little contact with my father. I would see him maybe once a year. And uh, lived with a mother who would come home from work every day and lock herself in her bedroom, and we just didn't see her. So I was really left to my own devices to sort of parent and raise myself. And there was a lot of external information available, uh, but I really came to rely on what was going on for me internally, meaning what I would hear kind of awful things from my mother or just from from other people about the world or me, I would have an inner voice that would tell me otherwise. Well, so, great. yeah, it was really my, I, it was sort of my worthiness, you know, early on, it was sort of my worthiness. And then as I moved into being a teenager where you're really starting to really think about life and what your life is going to be, uh, there was an inner wisdom there that carried me through that, uh, really I learned throughout probably the first 20, 30 years of my life that everything really comes down to, to trusting your abundance, that abundance and I don't just mean, you know, financial abundance. I know that's a buzzword and people think it means, you know, stuff. It can, but just your well-being, trusting that 
that no matter what's going on in the world and in your sphere of reality, your, your bubble, that even when you have challenges, even when you go through dark events, and we all do, that there's always a light on the other side and there's value in those dark events and there's value in those challenges. The Taya practice, which I created in my 40s for myself before I even called it that, that is about really celebrating and acknowledging the value in the negative as much as the positive. Because I have come to understand that what we are all channeling, what we all have lighting us up essentially is source or God, however you you refer to that. It is the powerful creative energy of the universe. It is a pure expression of love and it is all that is good and all that is desired uh, by our ego consciousness, even the essence of it. But we are here in a physical environment that is polarized. And we talk about that quite a bit in, in our teachings. And this polarized environment is designed to give us a unique journey of expansion of consciousness. And we achieve that expansion of consciousness in the having of certainly desires, things that we want to experience while we're here in physical but also the challenges because the challenges drive us to create. And when we create, we expand and when we expand source expands. So that's the purpose of life. That's the purpose of physical environments for all physically manifested beings. Yes. 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 I say <laughs> I've gone that way always. over into the other side already. You've already got me over <laughs> well, there. <laughs> well, the re- the reason is, I mean, think how boring, boring it would be for Oops, I'm echoing. Um, for source that create it fractalized itself so it could experience as much as possible, and then then a bunch of the beings are in fear and are standing still and not interacting and not co-creating and not expanding the database that is source. So it because it wants input. It's like right. Input, input, right. right? And separation from itself is the only way to get that. Because if yeah. you're in pure, positive, perfect, all creative all the time, what are you doing? There's nothing to do. <laughs> you know, if we all had all the material things and the health and the beauty and the Lamborghinis and the yachts and all the stuff we all think we want, you get bored with that stuff. I, I've gotten, I've never had all of that, certainly, but I've had a lot. I, I definitely achieved at age 40, I had achieved what I grew up thinking a rich person was because I grew up very poor, but I was around people that had money. Uh-huh. My extended family had money. My immediate family had none. We were the uh, you know black sheep or white trash of the family, whatever you refer to that. Yeah. And we, we weren't trashy, but we were definitely poor, definitely very, very poor. And so I was exposed to a lot of material stuff. So the first, gosh, uh, you know, 40 years of my life, I really used this inner knowing to manifest material things because I thought that's what happiness was. Right, right. You know, the people that got to go on trips and live in pretty houses and drive nice cars, that's happiness. And I got to 40 and I realized, wait a minute, I have all this stuff and I'm still not really happy. Right. What's the deal? And that's when I really go, went deeper and started meditating. And that's when I discovered channeling. Uh, I was told that I was a channel prior to that, and I thought it was weird, and I didn't want any part of it. <laughs> I've always loved this spiritual stuff, but I was in a corporate world. I was um, a high-level corporate executive reporting to the CEO of a major company, <clears throat> making a lot of money, living in the beautiful house, and I had to keep my spiritual side you know, yep. pretty much under wraps because people think it's weird or you're dumb or gullible or something like that if you're into this cuckoo, you know, woo-woo stuff. I, but the deeper I got into it, the happier I got there. You know, it was like, this is the meaning of life, not all the stuff. Right. 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 Just window dressing, you know, the the meaning of life is really uh, receiving clarity about our purpose. 
Well, I found that um, I, I, because I, I didn't stuff it and lose it, but I used it in a different way. So, you know, when people say you're in the flow or you're, you're using your intuition or being in a management position, I was able to help people a little bit further without having to disclose how I knew that, <laughs> you know, because you tapped in. Yeah, I did that too. I, I was really successful training commission salespeople. Oh. Uh, and I ran the business too, but that, you know, that was the driver of the revenue was this commission sales team. And my team grew, you know, from, you know, 20 people to hundreds of people to thousands of people over the course of my career. And my message was very clear, you know, mindset is everything, but I couldn't go too deep into it because then it gets into religion and you got HR calling you and all that stuff. So I didn't <laughs> want to go there, but I definitely talked about visualizing your ideal client, visualizing the dollars coming in and the people that bought into that did very well. And the people that sat there and said, oh, this is all BS and it's all luck of the draw and who comes in the door. They didn't do well. And right, I had the bird's right. eye view. I'm like, it's interesting that every store I go in, you know, throughout United States and Canada, I am seeing the same mindset. You know, uh, I think you use the word fractal. I like that. The same matrix of mindsets in every location. You had the people that did well that believed in their worthiness and believed in their ideal client was coming in and, and the, the money was going to flow. And my specialty was working uh, with women who had gone through a divorce and now needed to make a living. Uh, and I think I had a soft spot because my mother was that and she never achieved that. She never learned how to really support herself and make a good living for herself. She always worked minimum wage jobs. So I would teach these women that had a little bit of design ability to make six figures, you know, selling furniture and interior design. And I was very, very, very successful doing that. And it was all mindset. And the ones that would come in and buy into the mindset without getting too deep into the woo-woo stuff because we didn't go there, they did well. And, yeah. and so that's how I became successful in business. I've used uh, this my whole life. Yeah, that's why I, I, I still think that um, it's, it's hard to teach other people, I think, what I do. But I, I think you figured out a way to bring a lot of people into maybe not bringing in the stream of David, but bringing in their own, um, their own access point through this knowing. And trust is a big part of it. And I was so glad that you brought up trust because I think that is, I know for me, I use these oils that are trust every day. And I, and I find that, um, well, I find that that is the whole key to a happy life in general. It became very clear what, during the lockdown that things had to change and that the um, what was the old normal, which was more Darwinian doggy dog, mm -hmm. um, um, that that had to go. That, well, that, well, humanity is wising up to that. And we're yeah. seeing that, and that caused, in my opinion, that caused the pandemic. That caused that whole shift in reality that we didn't, we couldn't rely on the old things that we uh, thought we had to rely on anymore. We had to shift into a different matrix and, and humanity's expansion of consciousness created that. Right, right. Well, I think uh, this is, it, it's been actually a fairly um, mild, I mean, it, lots of souls are leaving the planet but it hasn't been anywhere near as bad as it could have been to try to wake us up. 
Um, it could have been a lot more, there could have been a lot more disasters. There could have been a lot more solar flares. <laughs> there could have been a lot of things that uh, would have affected us that might help us get into unity consciousness. But, um, but so, but now people are still um, in kind of no man's land. It's, it feels like people are talking about they're waiting for another shoe to drop almost. Um, do you have any insights into that? Because doesn't it feel like it's, it's, it's an interesting place that the global we're, we're, trans we're transitioning certainly. And you know, I, I make it very simple saying that we're wising up to the matrix We're we're coming to understand that all of these elements of control are just that. But what I love talking about and what the Taya book, I'll, I'll go ahead and flash the book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is my Great. new book. The Taya practice, T-Y-A. Taya stands for trust your abundance because you know that realization that um, everything comes down to trust. That no matter what's going on in your life, we all are moving up and down vibrationally continually. And certainly some of us more violently than others. But just trying to be in high vibration all the time is not the purpose of life. And it's not even realistic because we're going to have things that trigger us and we're going to have just polarity is going to take our vibration down sometimes. And then when that vibration goes down, we will manifest unwanted things, but that is by design and physical environments. And this is all coming from what I channel that we call the stream which is source consciousness. We all, again, we all have it. I don't think that I'm unique in having an access to source consciousness. <clears throat> I think I'm a bit unique in that my intention in channeling it was getting my ego out of the way as much as possible, as much as I possibly can. It's still filtered through me, but really getting out of the way of the message and letting the message flow. And in my forties, I created this mindset practice for myself before it even had a name. And I set about wanting to teach it to other people. And that's when I left my corporate job and got into the spiritual business, if you will, and, and getting into uh, spiritual business, I got into a whole new matrix. And I love that you talk about spiritual business because it's, it's a tricky thing because yeah. we want to trust our abundance. We want to just be and share and help people but we're living in this 3d world where there is energy exchange and this currency exchange and uh you know putting a book together costs money <laughs> you know getting the the uh, design for it and the editing for it and the uh you know getting it out there and getting something that people can actually pick up and learn a practice with uh there's there's money that is needed to make something like this happen so yeah. how do you make peace with sharing something and, and making sure that it's a high quality product um, and, and, you know, driving the revenue that you need to do that and being at peace with that. And that was a whole new learning curve for me when I, I left my corporate job in 2017, mm -hmm. I was a very high earning individual and I had a little bit of a nest egg and I blew through that pretty quick because <laughs> I didn't really change my lifestyle when I went into business for myself, not much. Uh, -oh. uh, but the interesting thing, Kathy, is that the thing that I've noticed since, what are we talking five plus years? is that it was a whole journey of me really going deeper into trust. Mm -hmm. I had to really trust to resign that position. And all I had was at that time, my first book, which wasn't even published yet, and a podcast. Wow. No income. 
but I knew I was going to be okay. I just didn't know how I was going to be okay. And so if you, people that, that discover my podcast, the stream of David podcast, they will go back sometimes and listen from the beginning because the very first episode of that podcast was the very first time ever I channeled publicly ever. So that it's a whole journey of not just sharing the stream, which is very consistent. It's a very loving, powerful, trust your abundance, appreciate all that is message. It's, it's been that you know throughout, but it's also my applying it in my life in a very human and perfect way. This is what I did that I really messed up. This is uh, you know when business got really good. <clears throat> You're talking about the pandemic. Uh, you know I run a boot camp program where I've taught this tire practice to people online. Uh, since 2018, the year after I left my job, uh, I, I met somebody that was a spiritual business coach. She taught me how to do an online course. <clears throat> Excuse me. I didn't think I wanted any part of that. I kind of turned my nose up to it. And she did the brilliant thing of saying, why don't you go meditate about this and come back to me? And I did. And I got such clarity from the stream. You know, why are you judging this? We're not ever guiding you to judge anything as wrong or should not be. Every experience has value. This is your path lighting up. Go do it. And so I, I dove into her, her program. I drank the Kool-Aid. I totally embraced it and it worked. It worked. I was her most successful student ever, but I came in with a business background. I knew how to connect with people. I knew how to do business with people. I knew how to sell. I could, I could get people to, you know, buy my product, which was my course. And then I felt the great responsibility though, for making them successful. Mm-hmm. And Kathy, what I had to teach myself is that I can give you the course, but I can't make you successful. Right. You know, it's up to them. To, you know, and then my ego was so attached with the outcome early on in my program that it, it was just a whole different experience for me. But a lot of people did go through. I had a very high success rate with people really transforming their lives with it. And in 2021, at the height of the pandemic, a height of lockdown, uh, gosh, uh, my business was so strong at that time that I had 19 people working for me. Wow. Coaches and, and, uh, enrollment coaches and admins and, and marketing people. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was an incredible year. It really was. And then 2022 rolled around and it all blew up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It all blew up and it all went to nothing. But the interesting thing is, is that I had gone so deep into trust at that point that my personal life existence didn't skip a beat in terms of living in a nice home. You know, I, I didn't want for anything materially. And I realize I'm really trusting the universe to take care of me. And that stuff is coming to me no matter what. Oh, that's good. So now I don't have to depend on an online coaching program for a living. The pressure's off. I'm just that I placed on myself. I am just here to teach Taya to the world. So my intention with the book was to take everything I give you in my online program and put it in book form. A lot of people write books, and I'm sure you're aware of this, as sort of a pamphlet to sell their program. Right. And I didn't. mine is not a pamphlet. It's 476 <laughs> pages, so it's not a pamphlet. Yeah. Um, it is definitely the entire practices here. My intention with this book is that somebody can buy it, you know, they can get on Kindle Unlimited for free and read it, or they can buy it for $10 or 19 if you want uh, the paperback, I think it's 19 and learn the whole practice and really transform your life without needing to do anything else. That's so it's not just, it's not a driver of revenue. It, it is literally, this is the practice and this is how you can change your life. And this is how, and we've learned it by teaching it to other people. So it's proven 
and there are case studies in here of our students. And I have trust pilot reviews. How many spiritual teachers go on and get trust pilot reviews? Oh, I love that. I, I, but love I love that. That. I'm like, why not? Because if somebody has a bad experience at some point, someone's going to give me a one star review. I have all five stars right now and I love it, but someone's going to say this didn't work for me. And I, I love that too, right. because you, you are going to be able, when you discover this, you know, this is like discovering it's a mindset practice. It's almost like discovering a new religion, but there's no rules or worship or judgment or anything like that. Right, right. Well, you can go and trust pilot and read other people's experience with it. That's so cool. So um, a couple of things. We publish books too. Um, and I've been doing this for 23 years, almost uh, at the beginning of the year, it'll be my 24th year of doing this. So I totally relate that everything you do, you want to get at least 90% success. And so that's that um, that inner guidance to like, how do I help them? How do I um, use the worldview, the expanded worldview that I've been given to try to help them? And um, so I relate to everything you were saying about not wanting to let go, wanting to um, uh, shore up any things. Um, but do you find that this stream of David... Um, gives you access to their stream? Yes. In, in turn, the, the thing is, is that the stream of David, the stream is source consciousness that I channel. Right. And I do it naturally sometimes when I'm teaching. I can go into trance. I actually took the entire year off of trance channeling um, this for this year. Oh. I did not, uh, as of December of 2022, I stopped trance channeling. I took a whole year off and I just started again. My podcast that comes out, I think this week or next week, will be the first time I've trans channel in a year. Oh, you I've can gone do into it trans and then it flowed. <laughs> and I can do it anytime, you know, that we just need to dial it up. But it, it yeah. starts flowing naturally when I get into a teaching mode. But I do go into trance and the message is not me. It's something totally different. And people that know me can tell the difference in a heartbeat. And when I do it in person, the people that sit there are like, Holy hell, this is not him anymore. It's definitely, you know, something <laughs> going on here. So, so the, the stream is the stream and it's a message. It's a lot like Abraham, lots of people channels. Certainly there's you know, been all sorts of channels and are, are also sort of ch channels out there. What I've done that's a bit unique though, is that I understand that listening to that channeled message is wonderful. It's, it's like coming home for most of us. It's like hearing something that we already know. And that's why it resonates so deeply. And that's why we love it so much, but applying it, is different. When you're living in this matrix of belief that runs on fear and judgment by and large, uh, there's just so much of that out there. And it's still, even post-pandemic, we still have a lot of that being fed to us in news media, social media, et cetera. And when you're operating in that, taking those, those source messages or those channel messages and actually making it a way of life is very challenging for people, for most people. Right. And so I created a mindset practice for myself so that I could apply it. And that's what I started teaching. And that's where the Taya practice came from. Uh -huh. So we created four pillars that will never change as long as those four pillars are the basis of the, of the practice. It is, it is the authentic practice because there's no worship, there's no judgment, there's no rules. None of that is coming from source. That's all human created stuff. And it's woven into religion, certainly. And it's even woven into a lot of spirituality. So I have come to understand that we, the power is always within us. External tools are great. If you're into oils or crystals or any of that stuff, I love all of that. Me too. But 
it has the power that we choose to give to it because to you, you know, your, your crystal may hold great power and you have reverence for it and you feel the vibration of it. Somebody else, it's a rock. (laughs) If they don't believe it, right. It's just a silly rock. Why do you, you know, why do you need the oils and the silly rock and what are chakras and all this crazy meditation? And, you know, you need to get out and work, you know, or you need to go pray to Jesus or something. So, I have come to understand that the, the belief doesn't matter. It's whatever we choose to give power to because the creative power, as you said earlier, is within us. Mm-hmm. So Taya is all about going inward and certainly going inward and clearing the things that lower what I call your default vibration, your all day, everyday vibration. We all have that. And what lowers your vibration? Well, poor health can lower your vibration, certainly. But a lot of it is belief systems, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, harboring all of this. Uh, you know, I was traumatized as a child and the world is so evil and it's so broken and I, I can't stand to turn on the news. And I've got to, you know, really uh, avoid thinking about my childhood or my parents that were abusive. We carry all that baggage with us all the time. It's always running in our subconscious mind and it's absolutely impacting our vibe. That's what's separating us from source. Right is that lower vibrational state of being. So Taya is about clearing the transgressors. We call it detuning, De- systematically detuning your life's transgressors. And some of it we go after. We know what our key transgressors are, especially our roots, You know, our difficult childhood stuff. And some of it is stuff that is sort of dormant inside us that triggers uh, at certain times you know, in our lives. And then when it triggers, we also have the tools in Taya to detune it when it triggers. Perfect. And detuning our own ego understanding, you know, what is, what is the source version of us, which is loving and trusting our abundance and loving all that is and appreciation of all things is source. Anything other than that is, is our ego. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So detuning our ego as a practice, detuning our transgressors as a practice, understanding that we're not eradicating those things. Our ego is not going away as long as we're in physical, uh, our world's transgressors are not going to disappear but we can change how we receive them. Exactly. And when you, when you observe humanity or your own life, your own bubble of experiences without judgment, then your vibration's not going down. Right, right. Well, you're, you have released the block to using that energy for something else because it's usually like a treadmill. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. If you get triggered, you're on the treadmill again for a while until you can get off. Mm-hmm. And um, okay, Yeah, so- I call that vibrational flow. We sort of go through this landscape of vibration up and we know because our emotions are not the same from day to day. Right. One day we wake up and we're in a great mood for no reason sometimes. And then one day we wake up and we are just horrible for some reason and everything's going wrong until we do something to lift our vibration. Right, right. And usually the lifting of the vibration is some sort of exercise and appreciation because that's source. Right, right. Okay. So you say, um, I, I, I have so many questions. That's great. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, when you said um, you get into space with David, with the stream, do you have a practice that you use that um, you, that you're willing to share of what you do to get into an altered, um, receptive mode. Sure. Now, something that I experienced, uh, back in 2010, I always little caveat with this because people will sometimes say, well, you're a channel, you're special. I'm not, (laughs) 
<laughs> anything that's going anything that's going wrong in my life, I, I will be the first to tell you about it. I don't like the idea of putting myself out there as a guru. I know there's a lot of people that sort of market themselves as I'm living the perfect life. I'm really crushing it. You know, I look great. I feel great. And I have the perfect partner and the biggest house and all this money coming in. And I'm just, you know, really crushing life. I don't think anybody is really crushing life. I think everybody <laughs> has their highs and their lows yep. because we didn't come here for that. We didn't come here for perfection because the person that thinks they're crushing life is not acknowledging the value in the lower vibrational stuff. And that's where the magic happens, right? Right. So the 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 channeling of source started for me in 2010 when i started doing it directly i started meditating and very shortly into my meditation practice i had what i now call a kundalini awakening i had no idea what it was yeah i had this eruption of energy at the base of my spine uh it electrified me in the moment it was crazy i had no idea what was going on with me i just lit up and it's never left me that electrification flows through me to this day so I always tell people I did have that experience. I think it absolutely plays a role in my being able to go into trance. But again, I, I'm not saying that I, I think that this is available to everyone, but I don't want people to hear that and think that unless they have that experience, they're never going to get there because I right, don't think that's right. true. I think it was just my path to it. With that said, the my practice, my Taya practice, my systematic raising of my default vibration, I believe has me closer to source because I practice it. So since I practice this, I can close my eyes and take a couple of breaths and feel the vibe go up and up and up and instantly. I don't know that if you're operating in a lower vibrational state as your default, if that is as available to you there. Mm -hmm. But when we teach Taya to people in boot camp, what very often happens is they say they're getting their own version of the stream. Oh, wonder they're getting it because I again I think it's it's available to all beings. Yeah. Why why would source create a being and and bless one with a connection and not another? That doesn't make sense. Well, so I think it's available to everybody. But I did the work, and that's what I'm trying to point out is I did do the work to clear the things that weigh my vibration down, so that now I can a few breaths in, I can start trans channeling. Wow, that's fantastic. So the. The thing that's really key to all of this is practice, is where um, you do uh, love yourself. It, it is a practice of self-love and and sharing with others. And appreci appreciation of all things. And that's the tough thing for people to swallow. Because inevitably, if I go to a new audience, especially an audience that isn't specifically metaphysical and start talking about appreciation of all things right away, well, what about war? What about abuse? What about pedophilia? How do you appreciate that? Well, the stream has said, you know, that's a defense mechanism that our ego is putting up to protect right. us from expansion, right? Don't go to the, the most difficult. Why would you do that? You know, that would be like you know, going to your first day of undergrad and saying, I'm going to I'm going to be a doctor one day. So I'm going to go ahead and do surgery right now. You know, <laughs> you've got to you've got to practice and build. And the reason that we practice is because we're all practicing a belief system all the time, no matter what. Right, right. We're right. all practicing something. So if you've spent your lifetime practicing, uh, let's just say the average person uh, that I encounter coming into our world was raised in Christianity or, or, or some sort of, you know, major religion. Uh, and got away from that at some point, probably early adulthood, uh, or moved away from it enough to experience other things, and then probably went through a period of atheism, 
and then started getting into more metaphysical things and then started have, allowing more magical experiences to show up for themselves. That seems to be a very typical progression for people. Mm -hmm. So they've created a belief system. So there's still some Christianity present. There is still a little atheism and a little skepticism in there. Uh, some science gets thrown into that. Personal experiences get thrown into that. Well, law of attraction works sometimes, but not always for me. I hear that all the time. Or I see it working for other people, but for me, I try to manifest and I can get certain things, but there's other things that just don't happen, especially the big stuff, the money, the relationships, the health. Those are the big three, right? Uh, and I'm blocked and I can't get this and something's wrong with me. Well, it's just the belief system. Right. So you're practicing a belief system that's creating this reality. And what I discover in working with people is that money's the top for most people. Money is the difficult thing for most people to manifest. Not everyone. I've had a billionaire come through my program, a very well-known billionaire. And the billionaire's biggest problem was having too much money. It's kind of funny. Uh, so the, um, the, the <laughs> biggest issue, though, is money because we our everyday life is so tied to currency. So when you have that childhood belief of money is hard to get and money is evil if you have it and only those people have it and you don't, and that's very common to be taught in our world, and you carry that into adulthood and you want to get rid of that belief and you're trying to get rid of the belief and then the bills come due or the paycheck's too small or the tax bill comes due, you have these constant signals that take you back to that old belief system. So until you start disbelieving what you've manifested as your quote unquote reality, you're not going to get past that. And that's why it's so difficult for so many people. I got past that early on. It was the other stuff I needed to work on because I learned how to manifest. I realized I was manifesting materially as a teenager. And that's why I spent uh, from teens to late thirties, really focusing on manifesting material things, because I thought that's what joy and happiness was until I received the great gift of realizing that, Hey, I've got all this stuff and I'm still not a happy person. It's right. just nice stuff. And I appreciate it in the moment. And I still do. I still like nice stuff, but gosh, it certainly doesn't, it doesn't make up for that inner work that we do where we clear our life's transgressors. We move past forgiveness to full-blown appreciation of everything that we experience because that's where source is. Source is appreciating all of that stuff. And it's very hard to comprehend early on in a practice. I say, the, leave that difficult stuff, that list of things we're never supposed to appreciate, leave that to the other side of it. Start appreciating your own life's transgressors. It's so much easier to think, well, gosh, my father uh, you know, was abusive. My father wasn't, but just as, a, as an example, my father was abusive, uh, but I moved through the experience. I've gained greater understanding of his childhood and his background, and now I've detuned the judgment and I've moved past forgiveness into full-blown appreciation. Beautiful. That is so beautiful. I mean, this that book for $20 could change, could uh, save people hundred thousand dollars worth of either therapy or other programs. I'm serious. Yeah, the, the intention with the book is learn this practice and you, it, it's in, inner, 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 going inward to your own source connection, clearing the things that, that clouded out in your life and understand that there is the light at the other side is appreciation of all things. Understanding that our life, our human experience is a grain of sand in an ocean of experiences for our strand of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And when we start looking at it that way, then all of a sudden the pressure is off and the, the pain, the suffering, the progression through life, even the ending, even the premature ending of life, 
or the tragic ending of life is something that from an eternal perspective isn't viewed the same. If you are source and you see humanity as an expression of yourself, having a very temporary experience and infinite experiences, then there's nothing happening on planet earth that is wrong. Right. And that's, that's a really steep thing for a lot of people to wrap their heads around because we are taught in our matrix of beliefs to fear and judge all of this stuff. But if we create with consciousness, what does fear and judgment do? Fear and judgment creates more. Right. Right. So we're, we're creating, we're, creating the fire. <laughs> right. We think we're supposed to fear to, to fear and judge horrific things, but we're fueling those things by fearing and judging them. Yes. Yeah. And what I found in, in teaching this to people is that when they have, and parents are huge because they're our original teachers, you know, none of us have evil parents at the onset. Generally, we have parents that were really struggling to find their way being parents usually, and they were human and they had their experiences. That's how I see my parents now. Yeah. You know, yeah my I, mother and father were not prepared, didn't even want me. You know? <laughs> well, the, well there, nobody comes with a book. And the book that in my era, I'm a little bit older than you, was Dr. Spock. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, not Dr. Spock, but uh, yeah. Anyway, all, all I think is if we realize that the inner creates the outer, and we come to these triggers or these programs. I, I call them programs a lot of times because I really keep using the computer simulation. Oh, I do. I saw, Well, that's what um, our book, the tagline is a new and upgraded operating oh. for your life. <laughs> that's so funny because it's like, you know, we've created computers in our own image, AI. Right. Yeah. Our yeah, computer yeah. Is, is a hardware, which is our physical vehicle and the software runs it. We yeah. run on a belief system. It's an operating system. I love that you said that because that's, yeah. I, I totally, totally agree with that. Well, we uh, one of the things is that when you start realizing that your soul, it, you're, you're in multiple dimensions all at the same time, multiple um, timelines, and you can actually affect and pick if you're conscious, you can pick which timeline you're in right now in this physical reality. And that's projected from the higher knowing. So from your stream, you can actually edit the um, the reality. So I can edit that um, I don't have a pimple, or <laughs> or what I don't have a bad elbow. I can I can edit that. What do you say about um, generational stuff? Because there's epigenetics that are where our, our cells actually came in with coding and our soul picked that um, bio, biology to um, have an experience. Right, I was about to finish your sentence there and say, okay. yeah, you, you, you align with something vibrationally to have an experience. And again, that just shows you how the universe is not judgmental, how source is not judgmental. Because we would say, well, gosh, nobody picks because why would you pick being born into genocide or poverty or starvation? Well, again, it's that grain of sand experience. I, you know, think about it like this. The, the, if your source and you're wanting to express to have an expansive experience and you are wanting to experience what it's like to blank, that's the expansion of consciousness. Right. And, and to put it in very simplistic human terms, 
think about it as we're just sort of picking the experiences that we haven't had. I have not yet experienced, this is an example, being aborted as a fetus. That's a, that's a big one (laughs) that probably triggered a lot of people listening to it because everyone's very polarized about abortion, but I'm not because I understand that, you know, that's, that's an experience. We've created this process that a woman can terminate a pregnancy and a strand of consciousness is seeking to come in and maybe be born, but to have an experience. Now I know what it's like to not make it out of the womb. Now I know what it's like to be born to an abusive mother. Now I know what it's like to have been born to an alcoholic father. Now I know what it's like to be born with a, a, a terminal illness and I you know, don't live beyond four or five years old. And I think that's a great example because we see, we hear these stories of these, these young children because, you know, for, um, you know, driving um, charity and stuff like that, we'll see a video of these little kids that are born very sick and it's very sad. And, but the people around them usually, um, have appreciation for them as they are. Oh, she's such a bright light. She's such an enlightened soul. And I have talked to people who have had children that have died very young, who said that about their young children. Oh, she was such an enlightened, like an old soul. She just was so at peace and just knew things. And, and, you know, she only lived to be five, but it was such a magical five years. Yes. You, you got that source aligned five years with a strand of consciousness that was choosing that experience for the experience. Right, right. And the reason the parents aren't able to, to make peace with it is because we live in this matrix that says that that's wrong. Your child is supposed to outlive you. That's a terrible thing that a child dies. That's awful. You're supposed to suffer for the rest of your life now because you had that experience. Well, I got into working just kind of even though I haven't had children. For a while, I got into working with parents whose children passed on before them, and usually in tragic ways. Wow. I can't imagine a not tragic way. So they were really suffering with it. And then they listened to the podcast, and they heard the concept, and they were suffering so much that they were willing to try almost anything for relief from their suffering. So they thought, gosh, I've heard this other person say that they've made peace with and now appreciate their child's journey. I want that for me. And so I ended up working with quite a few people who had that extreme experience. In our matrix, that's one of the worst things that can ever happen, right? That a parent lose a child. Right. And what we do is bring them around to authentic appreciation of exactly what was. Right. And it's right. a magical transformation when they get there, if they allow themselves to, because then they, they come to understand that, wait a minute, I have learned that that wasn't supposed to be. I have learned that I'm supposed to suffer. I have learned that that was tragic and awful and terrible and the worst thing ever, but I don't want to be in that suffering space anymore. So I'm going to learn something else. Wow. And the yeah. something else is appreciation source, well, the source version of that experience. Well, I, I just want to share that I, I was a community leader in Boulder, Colorado for five years for the Bruno Gruning Circle of Friends. And the Bruno Gruning Circle of Friends is based off the teachings of this German man who was really, I think he was an ET, really, um, that I used to um, be the community leader. So I would bring in the energy from him. He was a healer. And people had spontaneous healings from this energy. Um, And he, one of the tenets of the practice um, uh, was called Einstillen. And it was a um, eight minute, maybe 10 minute music track that sounded like classical music, but it was channeled for him. That where you looked at his photo, his photo was a portal 
and um, heal the healing stream, which was people could photograph it. I've got photographs of it um, coming through in a channel of white light coming through me and others. Um, and the room would clear sometimes. It, it just depended on how attached somebody was to their story about whatever they had. Mm -hmm. So I remember one time there were a hundred people in the room. I did this for free for five years, every three weeks. Um, and there were other people that were part of my team that they, they would help hold the energy in the room. So I was in the front, but there was these other divine beings helping me. And um, I remember things falling off of them and coming to me. Uh, like El Bad Elbow, is, that one was really like slapped on here. And it was like, nope, not mine. Um, but people don't know. People don't know, especially empathic people. I think there's so many people becoming empaths right now. They don't know that um, that they don't have to claim or. Yeah. Uh, I would say release the judgment. If you're an empath and you are judging what the other person or what you're absorbing, it's going to be an awful experience. <laughs> we want to help others. We have this ability. I think we all have it on some level, but again, just like channeling, there are other people that are very good at that and can be very good at absorbing. But when you're judging what you're absorbing, then you're going to have that lower vibrational experience as a result of it. Well, so I think it goes, you get fearful at first, like something like uh, cord, there's cords attached or whatever you, you get fearful and then you make it into a story and then you tell your friend and then you tell you're feeling right and that's so hard because we're so used to living in story rather than in observation and in appreciation because what you're talking about the Taya practice is a different centering on on value your values of the benefit of being alive here on planet earth right now. Right. Well, yeah. the, the, the benefit is, is the expansion of consciousness. That's right. Absolutely. The, the having of the unwanted experiences. And, and the thing is, is that when you start really embracing your unwanted experiences and start detuning the things that drag your vibe down, your vibe goes up, you don't stop having challenges, but you right. start having them very differently. Right, right. You meet them and joy. Every experience is a joyful, expansive experience. And the imperfection is perfection. And as the sooner we come around to that, then you are really awakened and then you're really free. And then the journey is really just beginning. So how do you, um, do you believe in karma? I think that, that karma is a product of conscious creation. It's, it's law of attraction. I don't use that word a whole lot, but I think karma is, you know, what you put out, you get back. So that's law of attraction. Karma is the same thing. Now, I don't necessarily believe in karma from lifetime to lifetime. I, that could be. I don't disbelieve anything. I think anything is possible. But I do think that the lifetime to lifetime creates a unique strand of consciousness. That's why we have a unique personality, even though, you know, we, we're born into our parents and like you said, there's DNA, there's that that whole lineage that we're born into that's going to flavor our life experience. Mm -hmm. But then we're bringing our own stuff into that. That's why we are a unique being, each and every one of us, so that we can have this unique, expansive journey. That's why we don't necessarily... I didn't believe the religion that I was indoctrinated into, even though my religion early on 
was a positive experience. You know, that yeah. my, my church, I grew up in a small town in Louisiana and first United Methodist church was my church. It wasn't particularly nasty or judgmental or anything that some of these religions can be. It was a lovely experience, but I still didn't fully buy into it. Even though I was being told this is what you're supposed to believe, I questioned it. There was something in me that made me question. And I think part of that was that my family didn't look the way other families in the church looked. You know, my father was absent. Yeah. You know, my mother didn't go to church. She stayed locked in her room while my grandmother picked us up and dragged us to church every Sunday. That was, you know, that was the thing. And then, then I got into it. And then as I progressed, I really questioned. And I had a lot of questions about the Bible. I'm like, well, there's, there's things that I learned in school and science that aren't in the Bible that seems like they predate the Bible. So how is this in the history of the world the end all to how humanity is supposed to be? It didn't make sense to me and it, you know, it never will make sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that a thousand years of history, you know, <laughs> it gets millions of years of history. Uh, how does this work? Okay. So, um, I want you to know that, um, Thomas, John wrote, never get tired of listening to David. Thank you, John. I adore John. And John has been a, a constant in my world for the last five plus years. So oh, it's you. wonderful. It's last name's flower in Italian. Fiore. So, yeah. Um, okay. So, so we are um, right now at a opportunity for people to make a new year's resolution where they could actually read your book and practice it. And really without that much trouble, because it, it's really just um, retuning, right? Well, most of the book is channeled. Most of the book is the stream. And it's funny, we had a, a long, we took us five years to write this book, Katerina. Wow. Katerina Wanders is my uh, co-writer and she's a, a very successful author and editor. She edited my first book. Then she really, after she read the book, she got into the practice. She got into Taya. She became a Taya master. Uh, I ran a mastery program for a number of years where people could really, uh, the people that really wanted to geek out on Taya could go really deep into it. And she did. So we co-authored this book. And, uh, Katerina, um, gosh, I got off track there for a second. They got all talking about Katerina because I, I adore her so much. She is a brilliant editor and she knows how to edit the stream that at some point, uh, probably two year, two or three years into writing this book, we sent it to a, a third party developmental editor who is not into metaphysical, just somebody oh, that, no. wanted, well, we wanted somebody to read it because we wanted somebody that never heard of any of this stuff to be able to pick this book up, read it, comprehend it and apply it. And uh -huh. that was important. So we wanted to hire somebody that did this for a living. And we paid a lot of money to this person. And this person said, why can't David write the way the stream writes? The stream is so eloquent and it's so beautifully written and it doesn't need you know any editing. And then when David writes, it's not that. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> like, okay, I get it. I'm not a great writer, but the stream is apparently. Well, because most of it is channel writing and the channel writing is beautiful. And you're really swimming in that stream when you absorb it. Most of the book, there's a, a few little introductions from me most of it is channeled from the stream. And then Kat's part of the book, other than editing, was to be the inquisitive one, to ask the questions of the stream uh, at the end of each chapter that anybody would have uh, trying to understand, you know, what they were, you know, just to clarify. Now, when you say appreciation of all things, she'll say, do you, you know, what about rape and incest and all these things? How do you appreciate that? And they answer that. 
So she asks the questions that you'll probably have as you go through the book. Wow. That's so that's how it's set up. And then we have case studies from real people talking about how they apply this in their lives. So that's why it's such a thick book, because it's just got all that in it. And it's meant to be, uh, and I, I will recommend uh, the paperback version. We have a hardcover. It takes weeks to get the hardcover uh, in printing. You can probably tell me more about that than I can tell you. Uh, the, the, the print on demand uh, paperback you get within a couple of days. Kindle, of course, is on demand. But I like the paperback because this is a living workbook. Yeah. You'll tab pages. You'll make notes. You'll highlight. You'll go back to things. The four pillars are right up front. And then how you apply the four pillars uh, in your life are all the rest of this. And so it includes everything that we've taught over the last five years to hundreds of people all over the world. So that's, that's the whole, um, the, the whole idea behind this is that it's sort of the tie a Bible. I can't <laughs> so wait to tell get you what mine. you can and can't do. It doesn't give you any rules or judgment or any of that stuff. Well, I, I can't wait to get mine because there's always something that anyone um, that people can learn, whether you've read other books or you've read the Seth books or Cryon or Bashar. I mean, there's so many um, things that, the other books that I really like a lot of the near-death experiencers because they have this um, articulation of the mystical and our yeah because they've they've calmed their ego down enough in that experience to really experience it and, and there's a reason behind that and then they come back and it's interesting because they're channeling too in their own way right and it's right. filtered through their ego because a Christian will come back and say they met Jesus right. You know? <laughs> The Muslim will come back and maybe say they met some, you know, so yeah. everyone's going to have a different experience filtered through their human ego. And I, I think that everyone is what we're channeling. That's beyond our ego consciousness is source. If you identify that as an alien form or, or I used to use the Abraham terminology of non-physical entities, but I came to understand this is source. Right. Why are we afraid to say we're channeling God or source? Because people think that you think you're some guru or, or chosen one, but we all are. Right, we're all right. channeling source. We all are in our own way. Well, th that's the the actual um, challenge. If there is a challenge to all of this is to get out of your way and be pure source. And that's why I really respect what you do, David, because you really have worked hard to be a clear channel and to clear as much of your stuff or own your stuff so that um, so that you're um, authentically bringing it in. There's so many people that they, once they start getting an audience, they um, they get, I don't know, I, the word corrupted comes through, but that's not really it. It's, it's just a uh, left turn for a while instead of the right. Yeah. Well, it's an experience. Cause I definitely, I, I got into, um, <clears throat> early on, I got into physical fitness and I got into the best shape of my life. And I was starting to post pictures of myself, you know, and look yeah. how ripped I am and all that. And I loved the attention for a minute, but then I didn't maintain that. I, I sort of said, I've had this experience. I got a little a vibe of narcissism. Yeah. I encountered a, another person that I would definitely say was a narcissist that reflected back to me what I was, you know, vibing at the moment. And I didn't like it. And I'm not saying that, you know, be in or out of shape. That it's nothing to do with that. It was just my <laughs> personal journey. And of course I, I did let myself get out of shape. And then my back went out and I had, I just had a major back surgery uh, oh. all of 2023 uh, 2022 and 2023 was about my health. Uh, cause I did a live event in LA at the beginning of last year 
and I loved it. Oh my God, all these people came and I channeled, I'm going to do live events now. I can't wait. This is what I worked so hard to do because that's what Abraham does. And I thought, always thought that looked like so much fun. Travel the world, meet people, get on stage, channel. What's better than that? You know, what better way to make your way through the world than, than doing that, right? And I didn't, my physical vehicle was not up to the challenge. I was wiped out from it because I had this spine issue that I needed to get corrected. So in October, just a couple of months ago, I had a seven hour spinal fusion surgery (laughs) and I went to physical therapy yesterday and she said, you know, you're healing great. Don't rush it. It's going to take time. But, uh, you know, I had to get my physical vehicle back in order to be able to, to serve humanity with all who are aligned with the stream's message. I had to do that. Yeah, I, yeah I you have to... the best doctor and I manifested the best scenario for sure, but I couldn't magically think my way into to getting my, you know, L5 back into place. Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> until you can, maybe that's the next um, thing. Is yeah, to... I, I, anything's possible. But I knew for me, you know what, the path of least resistance, great doctor, great hospital, yeah. great recovery, wonderful. I've never had surgery before, never been in the hospital. It was a fantastic experience. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. I want to let you know, John put, um, I apply what I learned from David in my client sessions, which is perfect, which um, I, I can't wait to get the book and start. And we use tools that we can understand things like angels and ascended masters. Um, right. And then he also, let's admit the life of Jesus was an experience of light and dark. So we look to his life as an example. I love that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you, John. Thank you very much. So so um, should we show the website real quick? So people- Sure, I love that you had it up. We have a brand new website. I was so excited to see it up on your screen before we went live. Yeah, here we go. There we go. And I'll- That's a new um, website. Those are all real Taya. Those are all people that graduated from Taya Bootcamp. Not all of them, but the- Yeah, and they all look like- You can really see their energy. It's really cool. It's really cool. It's like, I want to be like them, right? (laughs) That's the idea. And then here's your beautiful new book and a way to get the book. These are hard links straight to it. And this is on the streamofdavid.com. Right. Yeah, everything's on there. The, The podcasts are on there. The books are on there. Uh, the guided meditations are on there. Uh, our events, when we get to do events again, get to doing events that will all be on there and you can sign up for our newsletter. We have a weekly newsletter that we do too. And you can sign up on the website for our weekly newsletter. You have to dig around a little bit to get, there's so much on there. You have to dig around a little bit, but it's all there. Okay. And, uh, you mentioned your podcast too. I'd like to make sure that we, we. Sure. We have two, uh, the stream of David podcast. Uh, again, that's the streams teachings. Uh, I'm back now to channeling on that podcast so that you'll get a lot more uh, trance channeling now on the Stream of David podcast. That's the big one. That's the one that's got you know lots and lots of listeners and things. And then we have a newer podcast, the Taya Practice podcast, um, that is all about the practice itself. The practical application of the streams teachings is Taya. Wonderful. So the, we have both podcasts. Wonderful. And um, definitely want to make sure that people understand this is a powerful resource, especially for um, people um, that are wanting to change their reality to something much more peaceful and joyful that this process um, of trust, (laughs) of trust that, that there's a reason why you're here and that um, that you're blessed 
and have it have the reality prove that to you, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're the, the whole thing about conscious creation is understanding that we're not supposed to be perfect at it. We're not, we, we can strive for perfection, strive for, I think we're always striving to be that source version of ourselves, which is perfection, but relaxing around the idea of actually getting there. Because as long as we're physically manifested, we're polarized, we're going to go up and down vibrationally, we're going to manifest obstacles. It's about how you move through that obstacle and how you expand your consciousness in the process. Okay. Well, um, and so if you were going to give us one, one thing before we leave, um, of a, um, a viewpoint for 2024, is there anything you'd like to share about 2024 coming up? I would say that understanding that how we measure time is a human creation, but everything has the power that you give it. And so if you decide that 2024 is going to be a, a expansive, life-changing, amazing year for you, and you learn how to practice that, then it will be that. Setting an intention at the beginning of the year and then slipping back into your old habits. Unfortunately, you know, we all want everything to be easy, but there is work involved. You know, I, I used to be a, a real Abraham person. I stopped listening to Abraham, not because it isn't amazing, because it is, but I didn't want to copy Abraham. I wanted to be something different than that. And, and we have been. And I used to hear people that always would go and get in that hot seat with Abraham and say, I just want to manifest everything I want without lifting a finger. <laughs> but we're in a physical reality. Somebody has, to, somebody has to dig the ditch and build the building. And you know, that we're, we're physically focused here. And to think that there's no effort. You've spent a lifetime creating a belief system. And you think you're just going to snap your fingers in 2024 and have it change. Well, polarity is going to, to draw you back into your old belief system over and over again. And you do have to do some work to, but the work becomes fun. Right. If you make the work fun and love the game and love the process, then you're, you're going to have a great 2024. Yeah. 2024. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I hope everyone will go to the stream of david.com and uh, give yourself the gift of this and um, any way that you can start a practice and incorporate this kind of work into it, it's going to make your life so much more joyful and um, you'll be healthy, happier, and uh, more successful in every way. So thank you so much, David. This was Thank you great. for having me and thank you okay. all for watching. Yes. Okay. Thank you all. Please share. Please share this. This is a wonderful opportunity.